Matthew chapter 1. I'm using the NIVP Bible today. Matthew chapter 1, and then Luke chapter 2. One, we're going to pick up verse 18 to the end of that chapter by the birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with a child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 25 through 30. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple first. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, and a glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Nile of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband just seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up at that, and coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And the Lord had his blessing to the reading of the scripture. Overcoming obstacles is to achieve God's best for your life. And that's what we want to look at together this morning. May we each one discover the potential that Christmas has for us. 
what it's all about. So today we've looked here at the recordings of Matthew and, and Luke. And I want you to consider with me now the great blessing of walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. First, we notice there that Matthew shared the intimacy that Mary and Joseph both experienced, having an angel come and minister to them. And so when the day came that Mary delivered her firstborn child, they knew they were to name him Jesus as the angel had spoken. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. A newborn baby was more than just another baby that was born that day in Israel. That baby, Jesus, was a king. A king. Now, as a newborn baby, he couldn't go about doing his kingly duties yet, but that would come in time as he began to proclaim and teach all over their, the country that day. But that did, but did that stop Mary and Joseph from seeing the potential of Jesus? No. They knew there was something great, something destined for their son. Later, Luke spoke about the two believers there in the temple, Simeon and Anna, and that they now entered into this miraculous story as well. They would both be looking out into the invisible tomorrows, knowing that God had given them promises. They were looking through the eyes of prophecy to see this child that now they're holding what he would achieve and become. Remember, Simeon said that the Holy Spirit had promised him he would not. He held this Christ child in his arms. He said there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was wanting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had to be revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Then there's Anna, 84 years old. I don't know if there's any here today that are 84 years old. She was a widow for many years and now regularly attending all her life, coming to the place of, place of prayer in the temple. I thought, that's kind of saying any pastor would love to have in his congregation. One that prayed and fasted regularly, staying in contact with God. John 14, 21, we read the words of Jesus when he said, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. It tells me as we walk close with the Lord, he will in turn to the blessed Holy Spirit reveal himself to us in ways that perhaps not all believers experience. Anna was such a faithful follower of God. And he rewarded her in seeing the Christ child that day. Secondly, promises that we have in our tomorrows. Have you ever looked into the eyes of a little child and sense of potential that child has? I'm sure you have as parents. We did. As grandparents the same. You want the best for your children. And you know that there's a promise there. As they live their lives for Christ, my, what may God do? In and through them. We must always look at people, no matter what their age may be, and consider what they may become in the Lord with His help. Oh, yes, there's maybe plenty of roadblocks that 
hinder us in our journey from reaching Christmas potential. But look at Mary and think how she faced many roadblocks, but got around them. Seemingly insurmountable ones that could have prevented her from reaching her Christmas potential. It's like reading a book, beginning of chapter one, the angel comes to Mary and says, you're chosen, you're special, and you're going to bear a child. And what is their first reaction? But how? I don't know man. And the angel goes on to explain to her, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her. It's all going to work out. And she says, yes, Lord, I'll be your hand servant. So she was promised a new birth of his coming, this Messiah. What? What about her boyfriend? Can she convince him? How's he going to react? Well, she trusted God, and you know the story. The angel spoke to Joseph and took care of all that. And then later on, as she certainly would start showing that she was getting pregnant, what was she going to tell others? You know, she went to her, her cousin Elizabeth's house and and how that unfolded there so beautifully. But then after the birth of Christ, they fled to Egypt because Herod was wanting to kill all the male babies. And after some time, God told them now you can go back to Nazareth, it's safe. But I'm sure there still were neighbors having questions of Mary. What would she say to them? And then later she raised her family. The other children would wonder about this older brother. Was he different? Was there something about him that they had questions? And then years later, as Joseph passed away, Mary was a single mother raising her family. Responsibilities now were on her shoulders. But then as Jesus left home, surely reports were coming to her of things he was doing. How was she to handle all this? And then the day came. And she stood there before the cross and saw her oldest son crucified, enduring the death of her firstborn. And how often, I'm sure, the words of singing come back over and over in her mind. But as we read and study the story here in Matthew and Luke that's recorded, we can respond and realize that Mary indeed was an overcomer. Much more could be said, but we want to move on now and consider Jesus himself. He too faced many things that were hard, as what he says, humanly speaking. He faced rejection on earth at his birth. He, he lived in this earthly life, eventually died, a rejected man of the masses. Two of the greatest symbols of Christmas time are the manger and the cross. Both are symbols of rejection. A number of years ago at our former church, I had a note of Deacon A. Duder, who gave me a note of paper, and I still have that. And this is what it read. The message of the cross is hidden in the message of the manger. How did Jesus handle rejection? I believe he lived so humbly that they couldn't humiliate. The manger mirrors rejection, but it also shows the greatest of his potential. His cross was the greatest triumph because there was nothing left after crucifixion but resurrection. Praise the Lord, we live 
I serve a risen, living Savior today. Amen? Amen. The manger says he'll take the place you give him. Be it ever so humble. And he will find the very position of sovereign Lord in your life. And take the spot you give him and transform it to a place of a crown. Yes, we know Jesus was born in a lowly stable, a cave. And later on, he would say there in Luke 9, 58, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And so the sword hung over him right after birth, and it never really left his life. First, King Herod gave the order that all baby boys would be killed two years and younger. Today, our society is still destroying babies, sad to say, refusing to see their potential. They can't point their fingers at hair for what he did. It's a sad plight that we experience in our world. But I am thankful for a president that is working hard against abortion and on several fronts. And, and just to say, remember him in your prayers. He's doing what he knows to be best. But the sword followed first through Herod, and then the Jewish religious system that you would thought would have supported Jesus, but no, they fought him at every turn. Joseph, or Jesus lost his earthly father when Joseph died, leaving Mary a single parent. So all these things were against Christ. Eventually, we know the Romans, you know, uh, had overthrown the, the government there. They were in charge. And what a burden they brought upon the people. And so many children had to deal with similar circumstances, roadblocks to potential. Even in our days, this uh, Navajo man shared his life. He had terrible roadblocks. But praise God, he, he's come through that when he met Jesus Christ. Today he's a, an overcomer. I love to meet that. You would be a lot of fun to be around. Children face hindrances. Maybe it's a, a parent that is given into drugs or alcohol, destroying their potential. Or an abusive or emotionally unstable parent that's hindered. What about a parent in the home that does not provide their children with the covering of and support and praise. You heard him say he never heard the words, I love you, from his father. I'm sure he never heard words of praise because he said what hurts when the words that never amount to anything. You're a loser. What a terrible thing to tell your children. Oh, what an awesome responsibility you moms and dads have in raising your little ones to love Jesus and to live for so Jesus was born in an ex, into a despised race of people, the Jews. Ancient literature points to the fact, even in the Romans' day, of the anti-Semitic feelings that ran high throughout the empire. Sad to say, it's not over. It's not changed. It's raising its ugly head in many places of our world today. I just heard the other day there was a, a new law put in effect. Washington against anti-Semiticism. I was glad to hear that. And so, Jesus was born into a world of great turmoil. 
a land that was overrun. Mary may have wondered, how? How is Jesus ever going to become Messiah, become a king, reaching his full potential of what these ones, Simeon and Anna and others, the angels, had told her? Later on, Jesus had to deal with strife and rivalries even in his own home, his sisters and his brothers. He was to receive absolutely no encouragement from the religious establishment of the day rather than just the opposite. They saw no potential in him, only a threat to their power, to their status quo. Lastly, how did Jesus overcome and reach his full potential? Well, we know God on this side. We know the divine part of Christ empowered him. He was a guiding light to all that looked upon him. They knew who his father was. He said, the father and I are one. You've seen me, you've seen the father. Yes, we can overcome and see our potential. Listen to the words of Isaiah 49, 15 and 16. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not. Now, that's a hard thing to imagine. How could a mother turn her back on a newborn infant, and yet it's happening all the time? So sad. The big question for Mary is, how was she going to work through all of this? How did she find grace and strength to stand and watch as her eldest son died on the cross? Just as Simeon, some 33 years earlier, had predicted prophesied. This child is destined to fall, to cause the falling rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. But we know that Mary did endure, and she survived seeing all the horrors of Calvary's cross. But it didn't stop there. She also went on to live to see his resurrection, the glories of that. And then on the day of Pentecost, I'm sure she was part of that group when the Holy Spirit came down and settled on all of them. 120 in the upper room. Mary overcame, overcame, just as we can as well today. She believed God. She knew who Jesus was. She knew his real identity. He was the Messiah. The manger of the cross. That's what the angel Gabriel said he would become Messiah. And so Elizabeth had worshipped Mary's baby when Mary came to her. You know the Bible story says that in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist leaped for joy. <laughs> that still amazes me. And that when, when Mary came near, the shepherds came, they worshipped the newborn Christ child after the birth of that first Christmas born. Sometime later, the Magi came bearing gifts, wise men from distant lands, and they worshiped. And then Simeon and Anne in the temple that day, they worshiped. Blessed this tiny baby Mary and Joseph had brought to them. And so she has so many things, so much evidence in her heart and her mind. She pondered these all through her life. And what about who and me this morning? Are we reaching our Christmas potential? 
I trust so. First, to know Jesus as your Savior, your Lord, your Master. Living with you and His presence with you every day. You know who your Heavenly Father is. And the question is, what place do we give Christ in our life? Have you given Him the very best gift? All of you. That's all I ask. He wants you. If not, you can do it today. You don't have to wait for tomorrow because today is the day of salvation. You may know your own potential this Christmas as you open your heart to the Lord. John 10, 10, Jesus said, He's come that we may have life and to the fullest. And I like how the King James says, and more abundantly. My grandfather, bless his memory, would stand and testify many times. He would talk about his salvation and sanctification experience of a more abundant life. I can still hear him. He sat just about down here with James Laura. And uh, wow, what a testimony he had. He was a very quiet, gentle man. My grandma was the one that sort of ordered things around. That's why it wasn't there at all, but. Everybody loved Grandpa. They called him Uncle James. And what a life he lived. Well, praise the Lord. We all can enjoy the Christmas potential and I trust you are today. God bless you. What a joy it is this time of year that we can gather together and worship the Lord. Faith and I yesterday were putting together the Christmas Eve service. So she's going to be looking you out after service. And I won't be able to be moving around that much. So I left her to take care of that end. I'm looking forward to a wonderful service that evening. So plan on it and bring your friends and neighbors and family and have a good time of worship together. Let's stand now as the worship team comes to the service. 